Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Before we get into the Carson Wentz trade, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Carson Wentz is officially an Indianapolis Colt. The Colts trade this year's third-round pick, which is 85th overall, and next year's second-round pick, which could turn into a first-round pick if Carson Wentz either plays 75% of the offensive snaps this year or if he plays 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. So it's contingent on those two things. It could turn into a first-round pick, but right now it's this year's third next year's second and what i love so much about this deal is that philadelphia didn't get anything close to what they were asking for which is a and that's great because they were delusional and that was never going to happen and b because we keep this year's first and this year's second so chris ballard still drafting 21st he could move back he could recoup that third round pick he could get his left tackle he could get an edge rusher we're still drafting with our top two picks in the 2021 draft. So I love that as far as this offseason goes. The only thing we give up is the 85th pick. We still have all the cap space. We can make a couple big splashes. And we can really go for it this year in 2021. There's going to be a lot of development. And a lot of stuff we'll get into with Carson Wentz. To get him out of 2020 form. Get him back into 2017 form. But now you get a quarterback who played the best football of his life. With your head coach when he was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. So all offseason we are connecting the dots. Carson Wentz, Frank Reich, all the different Philadelphia connections right now between the Colts and the Eagles. So it made sense from the jump between the Colts and the Eagles. And now it's done. And I'm so thankful it's done. All the rumors are over. Matt Stafford, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz. We have our guy. We have our quarterback. That's done. Now we could head into the offseason with in-house free agents and free agency and the draft. And we could focus on all the other needs and all the other spots and the depth on this roster. So I love that aspect of it. And now you get Carson Wentz out of a bad situation in Philadelphia. You bring him to Indianapolis. Clean slate. He has his head coach in Frank Reich, who was a great OC for him back in 17 in Philadelphia. You have an upgraded offensive line. You have an upgraded run game with Jonathan Taylor. You have upgraded skill spots, better defense, much better locker room culture. So now you have all that. If you're Carson Wentz coming to Indianapolis, he wanted to be here. We get the deal done. Frank Reich gets his guy. Ballard gets Reich's guy at Ballard's price. Carson Wentz lands where he wants to be. And as Cole fans, now we have all our questions answered. No more rumors. We know who our quarterback will be for 2021 as the Colts officially trade for Carson Wentz. Yeah, the way I look at this is uh, Frank Reich really, really tying his future to Carson Wentz because yep. honestly, based on what I was told, you know, Chris Ballard was not a huge, you know, Carson Wentz guy. And after the Stafford trade went through, you know, Reich went to Ballard and basically begged him to trade for this guy. So this is, I mean, this is all, this is a Frank Reich project. He's going to be the one coaching them. It's, it's going to be about Frank Reich and, and, and what he does to, to rejuvenate this kid's career. I think it's, I think it's highly probable that that happens, but it's not a guarantee. So there's always risk. And listen, Frank is his best. He's, he's as good as it gets as far as, you know, coaching quarterbacks, as far as I'm concerned. When you can get a solid, you know, half a season out of Jacoby and then all the other quarterbacks that had way more talent than Jacoby, Wentz included, he's gotten tons out of. So I think it's a good tr – honestly, people aren't going to want to hear this, but I think it's it's kind of a win-win for both the Colts and, and the Eagles in a sense. And it's also a lose-lose. 
because the the Eagles didn't get what they wanted, and the Colts are getting you know a guy they're going to have to fix. Okay, but then you look at the uh, the positive side of it. The Eagles, if everything goes well, will get a first round pick, which is you know more than I frankly wanted to give up for them. And the Colts will have a chance to get their quarterback for the next five to seven years or however long. Now that's there's a lot of road to cover before we get to that point, but there's no there's no better coach in the league to fix a quarterback than the one that we have. The the people that are talking about like the issues that that Carson Wentz has had with current guys on our staff, meaning Mike Rowe and Press Taylor. This isn't a Press Taylor Mike Rowe thing. This is a Frank Reich thing. None, none of the, those two guys are not going to be the ones coaching him. Obviously, you know when Press Taylor coached him, it did not go well. So Press Taylor is not going to coach him. It's going to be Frank Reich. Frank Reich is going to coach him hard because he knows that his his everything's on the line for him. He stood. He, he wanted this guy. He. I mean, Ballard was not sold on this guy. And this is another. I mean, it was same thing with Rivers. He wanted Rivers. He got him Rivers. They got to the playoffs. Rivers had a good year. Now he wanted Wentz. He got him Wentz. He's gonna have to do better to make the playoffs with this guy. They're gonna have to really go somewhere with with Carson Wentz. So Frank really, you know, Frank really believes in himself, and he must really believe in Carson too, because this is what that this trade came down to is Frank really standing on the table for for Carson Wentz, which is funny because before the Matt Stafford situation, I was told he wasn't really interested in Carson Wentz. But after the Stafford situation fell through and you guys saw how much they had to give up to get the guy, obviously Ballard was not going to do that. So then that changed the dynamics and the tenor and the tone of everything changed. And so, I mean, look, we got our quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm wiping the slate clean just like I did when we got Jacoby. I, I was fair to Jacoby. I was fair to, to, to Andrew. I was fair to you know, whatever, I mean, Phil, I was fair, fair to Phil, you know, the, these guys get the benefit of the doubt with me until they prove otherwise. So we got Carson Wentz. I believe in Frank Reich. I think he's going to turn around the guy's career. I expect him to be good for us next year. I expect that to end up being a first round pick for them in the 2022 draft. And I expect us to make the playoffs. If that stuff does not happen, then I, I don't see how, you know, Carson Wentz is even on the rise. If he comes, if he comes in and plays bad, I don't think he makes it through the season. I don't think he starts the whole season. I certainly don't think he plays seventy-five percent of the snaps. I think you'll see Eason or a veteran. But at this point, we're just—you just have to believe in the guys we got coaching them, and we've got great coaches. And the, and the best quarterback coach in the league is our head coach. So we'll see what happens. But on the on the you know, just with everything being equal, I think it's a fair trade for both teams. Yeah, I really do think it was a good trade for both teams. The Colts get their quarterback. They get the guy Frank Reich wanted. They get that guy at Ballard's price. Wentz is happy because he's going where he wanted to go. And if I'm an Eagle fan today, I'm happy with what we just got back. Because when you look at this Wentz situation, he got benched last year. They took a quarterback last year in Jalen Hurts in the second round. He's never going to come back. He's never going to play for you again. You have to get rid of him. He has $15 million of guaranteed money coming his way in about three weeks so you had to get Carson Wentz's contract off the books you had to get the player out 
there's such thing as addition by subtraction and trading Carson Wentz for the Eagles, even if they traded him for nothing, would have been a win for the Eagles just getting the player and the contract off their books. So if you're an Eagle fan today, you should be excited. You should be happy that you're getting a third round pick this year. You should be happy that you're getting a second round pick next year that could turn into a first round pick next year. But the only reason an Eagle fan today would be disappointed or pissed off about this is because they had unrealistic expectations for the value of Carson Wentz. There was Eagle reporters saying they had leverage. They never had leverage. At no point in any of this did the Eagles have leverage. They benched the quarterback last year. The quarterback did not want to come back. They did not want to bring the quarterback back. They dangled him out there in trade talks. They had rumors flying around. He was never going back to Philadelphia. That contract on their books in the current situation, that was in Philadelphia because that contract would be better in Indy than it was in Philly, was a disaster. Everything about the situation stunk if you're the Eagles. And there was no competition. The Bears were out. The Redskins were out. The Panthers were out. The Broncos were out. Nobody else besides the Colts was interested in Carson Wentz. So you did not have two teams driving up the price. You did not have a bidding war. Howie Roseman thought there was going to be a bidding war. Howie Roseman thought that Carson Wentz was going to be Matthew Stafford. That wasn't the case. So if you're an Eagle fan who's disappointed today, the only reason you're disappointed is because you had unrealistic expectations. If you thought you were going to get two first-round picks or a first-round pick and Kenny Moore or Darius Leonard or Bobby O'Greeky, your expectations were unrealistic. That was never going to be matched. So you set yourself up to be disappointed today. So if I'm an Eagle fan and I was realistic with the situation and the quarterback and the contract and the fact that nobody else besides the Colts wanted him and he didn't want to go to Chicago, which made Chicago uneasy about the situation, I'm happy right now. I got a pick. I got another pick coming next year. That pick could turn into a first-round pick, and it should turn into a first-round pick because the Colts should make the playoffs and Wentz should play in 70% of the offensive snaps for the Colts next year as long as he stays healthy. So if I'm an Eagle fan today, I'm happy. As a Colt fan, I got my quarterback, and I got the quarterback that maybe he wasn't my first choice, but he was Reich's first choice, and he's the guy Ballard signs off on. So as a Colt fan, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that the rumors are over, and we still have a young quarterback, 20 years old, who has a lot of talent. So I'm on board now with Carson Wentz, he's our quarterback. He's in Indianapolis. The players seem excited. You saw Pittman and Paris and a bunch of guys tweeting about the addition of Carson Wentz today on Twitter. So I'm excited to get Carson Wentz in the blue and white and to see what Frank Wright could do and work his magic to get things turned around for Wentz, who's obviously missed him since 2017. And I expect the Colts to talk to Wentz about maybe restructuring his deal. I mean, it's not it's not super bad. I mean, it's not it's not a great it's not a great contract for the way he's played, obviously. But I think it'll be it could, better here, though. I yeah, it'll be better part, here. I do think they're probably going to talk to him about maybe restructuring, put it trying to backload it, maybe because you just don't know what you're going to get. So I hope that's something they, they they discuss. But the way I'm looking at this right now is, I fully expect. Chris Ballard to recoup the third round pick this year. I think he's either going to trade back from one and recoup, you know, a second and a third or whatever he can get for it, or he's going to trade back from two and maybe get it. So the way I'm looking at this trade is it's really one pick because he's going to get that. He's going to get that. There's no way that he doesn't get that pick back in my opinion. He's, he's a master at that. He's a master at accumulating picks and then, you know, and then making the most of those picks. So I fully expect him to recoup the third, so it basically comes down to Carson Wentz 
for a a second or you know or a first. And if he plays well, it's basically you know it's worth it. If he doesn't play well, he gets hurt or something like that. It's it's a second round pick. But I mean, for me, based on what I I mean, people from Philly wanted all kinds of stuff. I heard they wanted a first and Darius Leonard and uh, like I mean just insane stuff. I, I think this is as far as Ballard was willing to go. I mean, the best case scenario is Wentz comes in here and plays really well and stays healthy and, and gives us a good, you know, gives us, gets us in the playoffs and we have success. And to me, that's worth the first round risk uh, of the 75%, 70% playing time thing. So, I mean, every situation that you're in, it doesn't matter what it is. There's always going, almost, almost always going to be some risk attached Especially when you're talking about a guy that's that's as good as Carson Wentz was when he first came into the league, and really, I mean, uh, his his worst year was the last year. So they were selling low with an insane contract. So, like we said at the start of this, I kind of feel like it's fair for both teams. I mean, it's certainly a risk for the Colts. It's absolutely a risk for the Colts because. If this guy comes out next year and he's still doing the same things and he's holding the ball, and, I mean, I can get into his play from last year. Uh, my biggest issue with him was he just held the ball forever. Just held it forever. It was like watching Jacoby times two. That's got to be fixed. That's the biggest problem with him. I'm also not a huge fan of his lack of leadership. He's not a very good leader. He's not very vocal. That's something he's going to have to learn, I think. Uh, in this offense because you have to be vocal there's some things about Carson Wentz that I really don't like but like you know like I said Luke it's 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 a risk and and listen there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of options I still preferred the Darnold option but Ballard didn't really like the Darnold option so this was the option that he went with and so here on this show we wipe the slate for a guy we wipe it it doesn't matter what he did good or bad before we get him we just got to, he's just got to go play and we'll judge him accordingly. That's the way I look at it. I think that's the way Colts fans should look at it. That's the way, I mean, because that's fair. That's the fairest way to do it. It doesn't matter what he did last year for the bad, and he doesn't really matter what he did the three years before that for the good. So we're going to see what happens. I think we have a lot of things in, in play for him that he did not have in Philly with, you know, with a great running game. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a top top three back in the league based on what we saw of him in the second half maybe even I mean who knows sky's the limit as Chuck would say but then you've got the offensive line we've got to shore up the left tackle but we will do that I still expect Bauer to go after a elite pa- uh, wide receiver uh, in this free agency period and so you know I think we're going to have a lot on offense that's going to help him there's always the option of signing Zach Ertz if they release him that I mean they're probably still trying to trade him I doubt the Colts trade for him. So we'll see what happens. But there's certainly – he's got the – like there are building blocks here that if, if you just slide him in, if you can get him to correct some of his 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 mental stuff, his you know leadership qualities or develop those leadership qualities, have him be a little bit more of a team player and take on being coached hard as, as a way of getting better and not as a slap in the face as he did the last couple of years in Philly – uh, from Frank, because Frank's going to coach him hard. I'll tell you that right now. That's something that's going to change for him immediately. He's going to be coached hard, and that's how and that's how you get the best out of a player. I always believe that, and I know you do too, Luke. So um, there's a lot of positives coming here for him. But once once they you know they kick the ball off, it's up to him. It's all up to him. He's going to have to you know 
take the coaching and, and be prepared to be scrutinized hard by his quarterback coach and head coach because, I mean, his like I said in my tweet, I said Frank Reich's ass is on the line here because he he you know he begged for this trade, he wanted this guy. Once again, he got what he wanted, so he's putting you know his reputation and staking kind of his career to in it to an extent on this kid. So uh, there's a lot of things I like about Wentz. There's a lot of things I don't like. There's no situation where you trade for a guy that's like a polarizing player where there's not risk. And then this is, this is, I mean, this guy, if there is a picture of a player next to polarizing, it would be Carson Wentz because Philly fans loved him and Colt fans seem to not like him at all, uh, which is odd considering how bad he played for Philly last year. Um, and they still loved him there. But look, like, like I said, we wiped the slate clean here and, uh, Hey, let's get the work. I'm going, I want to get the, get the guy to Indy and get him working with, with Reich as soon as possible. And, uh, you know, let's just get the work, man. I want to win. I'm, I'm, I want to get in the playoffs and win some games. And I, I think this guy's capable, but we got to keep him healthy and he's got to be able to, to take coaching. That's, I mean, he can't, he can't, we can't win with him not being able to take coaching. He's got to take coaching and he's going to get coached hard here. It's not going to be a cakewalk for him. Frank Reich is going to coach him extremely hard. Yeah, and Jason, you brought up a great point about Reich's going to coach him hard, and I think he's going to be able to adjust smoothly to being coached hard by Reich. And the only reason I say this is because he's already been coached hard by Reich. And sometimes there's just certain things. It's like even when you grow up, your parents are still your parents, so it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s. Like your parents can always, you know, they, they can always talk to you differently than maybe other adults. And I think it's kind of like that in coaching. Like, you're always going to look up to certain people. And I think Frank Reich, because he implemented that in Carson at a young age as a young player. So Carson's coming into the league 21 years old, 22 years old. And Frank Reich was that guy. He was that offensive coordinator that coached him hard. Then you get away from that. Other guys try to coach you hard. And you're like, who the hell are you? Now you go back to that original guy. And I would not be surprised if it's just kind of like muscle memory. Like, this is the way it's supposed to be. Frank Reich is supposed to coach me hard. And then Carson went, and he also probably had a wake up call because it wasn't a fun year for him this year. Getting benched for Jalen hurts could not have been enjoyable. He wanted to come to Indy and he wanted to come to Indy knowing that Indianapolis has a coach who coached him damn hard. So these are all things that are probably going through his mind. He wants to, you know, of course, there's the offensive line. There's Jonathan Taylor. There's a lot of reasons why he probably wanted to come to Indianapolis. And just getting out of Philly was a plus in itself. But he didn't want to go to Chicago. I wonder why. He wanted to come to Indianapolis knowing who the coach was. And it wasn't just all because, oh, well, you know, he's my friend. He's going to make it easy. It was the opposite. He's my friend. He's going to make it harder on me. And I think that is going to be a positive and something Carson Wentz needs. He needs that wake-up call. And it's like, you know, whenever you see in like the TV, somebody like slap somebody across the face and they're like, thank you. I needed that. And Carson Wentz needs that. And I think Frank Wright could apply it. So definitely optimistic. Like, even though I'm not super, super like, holy crap, we just got to Sean Watson, even though I'm not like, you know, in that state of mind, I'm excited that I know who the quarterback is. I'm excited that he's here. So we don't have, there's no more rumors, there's no more speculation. We don't have to go through that anymore. So I like that the guy is here. I'm a big fan of like knowing, okay, this is our quarterback. Let's focus on in-house free agents. Okay, this is our quarterback. Let's focus on free agency. Okay, let's focus on the draft. Like I like being able to now proceed with the calendar year and look towards other things, knowing that he's our quarterback. And I just, I, I love the fact that the rumors are done. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. We, we, we now know who our quarterback is before the league year even really starts. I mean, free agency and all that stuff. So we now we have our guy in place. The one thing I would say about Carson Wentz and just the whole being coached hard diva thing in Philly, I, I, not, I blame Carson Wentz. He deserves a lot of blame for this. But I also blame the Philly coaches because after Frank Reich left, instead of continuing to coach him hard, you know, whether that's in the film room, on the practice field, they stopped doing that because I guess they assumed, oh, he's he's good, so we don't need to coach him hard anymore. And that's not that's not how it works because you have the, to get the most out of players. You have to even the even the best players, you have to stay on them. You you, you get them to a point where they're good. Okay, let's get them to be great. And I think what happened there was the coaching. There, Press Taylor was a younger guy, and a lot of those coaches there were younger guys and. They didn't want to ruffle his feathers. He's the star quarterback. That, so they allowed him to become this guy who basically did what he wanted and didn't listen and, you know, didn't want any of the blame. You know, it, you know, you have a player that is allowed to do that and a coaching staff that allows him to do that. In the end, I think that's why it failed. I think it's, it's why it didn't work out because they didn't have a veteran coach there or a coach – that that knows quarterbacks well enough to know and players well enough to know you you can't just allow them to you know do whatever they want no matter what they've done in the past that's not how it works they you know you you have to drive a guy you have to motivate a guy that's your job as a coach if they're not playing motivated or or if they're not doing things that they need to do to get better on a daily basis your job is to get them to do those things and if they don't do it then you get what happened there and and so I do agree with you. I do think I think it's gonna I do think it's gonna take some adjustment time. I do think you know Wentz is gonna have to get all that sh- crap out of out of his system. The uh, you know I can't be criticized. I, I know everything about what we're doing. Uh, you can't tell me anything. You know I, I I know the offense better than the coaching staff. That kind of garbage that started to to happen in Philly. That's gonna take some time to get rid of. I think it doesn't go away overnight, but. I do believe what you said to be true. When he came in the league, he was coached hard, as most young players are. And then, you know, usually you're with the same coach. So you continue to get coached hard and you continue to evolve as a player. Unfortunately for him, the guy that was most influential in his being successful was gone after the first year or this or actually his second year. So, listen, the bottom line is I, I, I think we've got the right coach for the job. Do I think Carson Wentz is, is a guy that's going to come in and throw for 40 touchdowns his first year? Probably not. But I do believe that he's talented. He's probably the second most talented quarterback we've had here since Peyton. And so I do think the talent is there. He just has to be coached out of his bad habits, which he developed and weren't corrected in Philly. And that's going to take some time. But I do think we have the right guy. I think this can turn out to be a win for both organizations. And I think that's the best kind of trade. But nothing, it, there's nothing guaranteed in this life. You know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. So there's no guarantee that's going to happen. But I do like our chances of revitalizing this guy's career because of who our head coach is. Whereas if he went somewhere else and I'm just as a Carson, and I was the Carson Wentz fan when he first came into the league. I loved the guy. But I didn't like what I saw out of him the last few years. Uh, more of the lack of leadership stuff. But again, like Luke said, I really think Frank coaching him hard 
and really demanding the most out of him is going to change his career for the better and get him back on the right track. He's still young enough. He's still, you know, 27, 28 years old. He's still young enough to turn this thing around. People are going to say, well, you know, he's got a lot of, I've had people say he's got, I've had people say to me, he's got a lot of similarities to Jacoby because he holds the ball and all that. Jacoby never had the success that this guy had until last year. What was the stat? 81 touchdowns and only 21 picks. So like he's never, you know, had the success that, 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 uh, that Carson Wentz has had in this league. Jacoby's never even been close to, to what Carson Wentz has been. So there's no comparison except last year. And that's what we got to, we've got to get away from. And I think we will with Frank coaching him. And again, like I said earlier, it, this is a Frank Reich thing. It comes down to Frank Reich. He's going to coach him. It's not going to be Marcus Brady or Scott Milanovic, who's the quarterback coach. This is going to be a Frank Reich-Carson Wentz partnership. And if it doesn't work, that's going to fall on one guy's shoulders, and it ain't going to be Chris Ballard's. So uh, we'll see what happens. But listen, like Luke and I have said, we're, we're wiping the slate clean. We did it for we did it for Phillip. We even did it for Jacoby when Jacoby was going to be our quarterback. We said, listen. We're going to give the guy a chance. We're going to ride with him, oh, yeah. and we did that until the until the very until we until we realized it wasn't it wasn't going to work. So we're going to do that with Carson Wentz too. Yep. He's our quarterback. Let's go win. And I don't want to make a comparison because obviously Jacoby didn't pan out. But if you go back to 2019, we had one week. There was nothing else we could do. Andrew Luck retires, and what were we saying about Jacoby? Because so many people think we're Jacoby haters. Like we were never fair at any point in time. If you go back to 2019, what we said about Jacoby Brissett was, when you look at 2017, Chuck Pagano was his head coach. Terrible offensive line. Sacked 50 times. No running game to speak of. Awful defense. And we went through all those things. Guys were dropping passes. So we gave him a chance in 2019. And then, of course, he failed that opportunity that we gave him. The difference here with Carson Wentz is... We can make excuses, and not even excuses, but we can lay out the facts of why he failed. And some of it's his fault, of course, as well. Just like 2017, Jacoby made mistakes in 2017. He fumbled the ball. He threw picks or whatever. You know, he made mistakes as well. And the same thing with Carson Wentz. He's holding the ball too long. He's making mistakes. He does have a fumbling issue. Interceptions weren't really a problem until last year when you look at the volume of how many passes he's thrown. But last year he threw 15 picks and I think only 12 starts. So there's a bunch of issues with Carson Wentz. But we could also say, well, now he's going to upgrade his offensive line. He's going to upgrade his coach. He's going to upgrade the culture around him. He's going to upgrade his receivers. He's going to upgrade the run game. Like All that stuff's going to be better now. So we're giving him the benefit of the doubt. The difference is... We gave Jacoby the benefit of the doubt heading into 2019 with no proof of concept. All we had was a 4-12 and year from 2017 where we said it's not fair to judge him like he's a 4-12 and quarterback. With Carson Wentz, it might not be fair to judge him like 2020 is Carson Wentz. It also might not be fair to say he is the 2017 guy. But 2017 does exist. There's proof of concept that Carson Wentz could play at a very high level in this league. When everything is going in the right direction, when you have the coaching, when you have the players, when you have the protection, when you have the run game, and we have all those things. So it is possible. If you were to sell me on Jacoby, it would not be possible because I've seen 30 starts and the proof of concept does not exist. With Carson Wentz, the proof of concept exists. And that's the main difference between Wentz and Jacoby. And for all the coaching hard and not being coached hard stuff, 
The thing that I love the most about that is Carson Wentz wants to be a Colt. And there's probably a lot of reasons, but he knows who the coach is. And he knows that coach is going to coach him hard. And he still wants to come here. Which tells me that Carson Wentz actually does, deep down, maybe subconsciously, does want to be coached hard. And he's come to a place where we're going to coach him hard. And Darius Leonard put out a tweet this week, Jason. And this is about defense, but I think it could apply to Carson Wentz too. Free agents, if y'all are thinking about coming to the Colts and playing defense, just know that we don't want you if you don't play hard, run to the ball, and then, of course, some defensive stuff. But Darius Leonard, a captain, one of the leaders of this team, a first-team All-Pro, is saying, we don't want you as a free agent if you're not going to come to this team and play hard, which means play hard, practice hard, study hard, be coached hard. All those things apply in this Darius Leonard tweet. You know, if you expand upon and read between the lines, that's what he's saying. He's talking about defense. He's a linebacker. He's a captain of the defense. That applies for this whole team. Quinn Nelson and the guys on offense are holding those guys accountable too. So Carson Wentz is not going to come in here. It's not going to be a country club because you have dogs all over this roster that want to win, that hold each other accountable. And I think Carson Wentz is going to come in and he's going to see a locker room of 52 guys that have that mentality. And he's going to either have to adjust to that mentality or it's going to be a rude awakening for him in Indianapolis because this is not Philadelphia. So... I know that's a defensive tweet, but I think it applies on the offensive side. I think that's a Colts culture tweet, not just a defensive tweet by one of our captains, Darius Leonard. That's a great point, Luke, and I 100% agree with you. I think he's going to come in here and listen. His teammates are not going to allow any of that BS that went on in Philly. It's the locker room's not going to put up with it. And that's exactly what Chris Ballard's done. He's built a locker room. Of, of pros, of guys that are self-motivated, that want to be great, they want that Lombardi, and they really want to work for it. You know what I mean? They don't just say they want the Lombardi. They go out there and they bust their ass to get that Lombardi. Now, we're not very – we you know we're, we're still a ways away. We got to get in the tournament again and all that, and, and that's down the road. But it starts with a mentality, and the mentality in that locker room is grinders, dogs, guys that work their butts off. So they're not going to put up with any diva garbage from, from Carson Wentz. And also, I do want to point this out. I've been pretty hard on Carson Wentz in this podcast. But I will say this. If coming off a season where you play that poorly and everybody basically in the league says you're garbage and your team basically says you're garbage and trades you after being a number one pick it's and all that other stuff, if you're not motivated to shut every – like I could not imagine how happy I would be to be going to Indy, but also how pissed off and motivated I'd be to shut every one of those people to F up. Now, I hope he has that dog in him because that's what I, I – I would be like, you know what, I'm never going to have another season like that. I am going to work so much harder than I've ever worked in my life to make sure nothing comes – like I never have a season even close to that season ever again. I'm going to make Philadelphia regret trading me. I'm going to make all those people that talk bad about me eat their words. That's the kind of that's, – that's the guy I want. And I think that guy exists within him. And I hope that's who we're getting. Because, honestly, there couldn't be anything more motivating than a team just basically throwing you in the garbage, saying you suck, we don't want you, trading you for basically you know, much less than what you think you're worth, and you know, coming to an organization where you know, they – we're demand like we're not we're not going to wait for you. We're ready to win. We're not going to wait around. You need to come in here and, and you need to be good right away. We can't wait for you. So I think I think his mentality I maybe and this is wishful thinking maybe, but I think his mentality 
is, is changed. I think he's going to be highly motivated. I think having the teammates that he's going to have, and I'm not saying anything bad about Philly because I know they're great, great teammates in Philly and guys that really tried to help him in Philly too. The, but, but I just think this is a much better situation for him with a guy that he trusts as a, as a head coach. And I just think, I just think our locker room, Luke, I think our locker room is so good. I don't think they're going to allow any of his BS in the locker room. And I think that's going to be great for him because in the end, I think that's going to make him better. And I think that's going to make our team better. And I think that's, that's going to lead to us winning a lot more football games. So to wrap up my feelings on this, am I, am, am I doing cartwheels? Like we got Deshaun Watson? No. But do I think this is the worst thing in the world? No. I think this kid still has talent. I think we've got the right guy to coach him. I think we've got the right players around him, and we've got the right locker room to change his mentality and help, hopefully help him develop as a football player, a leader, and get the best out of Carson Wentz that we've, that we've seen. I believe that's possible. I believe that'll happen. It might not happen next year, but I do think we're going we're gonna to make the playoffs, and I do believe Carson Wentz will have a – breakout year or a bounce back year next year and people will begin to talk about him as a as a good quarterback again yep and it's good to know it's good to have it it's good to have it secured now it's good to be able to head into the offseason and start to talk about other things like the left tackle like the edge rusher like the corner like what's going to happen with xavier rhodes and ty hillen and all the other in-house things we have going on so more to get to over the next couple of days more to get to over the next couple of weeks as the offseason gets rocking and rolling here into the month of March as we, you know, go into another league year with the Colts. Ballard's fifth offseason, fifth draft coming up and all that fun stuff. So that's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Carson Wentz is an Indianapolis Colt, and we will be back maybe this weekend, maybe before that, at least this weekend with the For the Culture weekly wrap-up show right here on the For the Culture podcast.